Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I knew what I was going to do was going to be very special with my life. I'm an example just to show people that like, you come up from nothing. Prince had dedicated his whole legacy to celebrating women, celebrating women of color, and celebrating positive music. I'm going to uphold that. You're your own worst critic. I feel like you should be it anyways, but I, I'm always that, and I was just hating my song, so I was hating myself. Some people are at their cubicle job right now making way less than us. Some people are across the world in a goddamn sweatshop making, like, nothing a day, and we're getting paid to sing and dance. To sing and dance, that's a blessing. Artists out here, they're just willing to settle for anything. You know what I mean? And once you're willing to settle for anything, you deserve anything you settle for. Yo, this young murder. Yo, this is Lizzo. This is August Regal. What's good? It's Kehlani. This is your man, Blake Carrington. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. Yo, I interviewed Manny Fresh. I'm proud to present my interview with him. Before our interview started, I told Manny, when I was 13 years old, for my birthday, I got Lil Wayne's The Block, his hot album, which was Lil Wayne's debut album when he was 17 years old. And I fell in love with Cash Money, The Hot Boys. When Juvenile said, I'm back that thing up, Cash Money Records taking over for the 99 and 2000, they took over my life. So you can imagine the honor, the pleasure. This was a dream come true to talk to Manny Fresh. And we went all over the place. This is a crazy conversation. He was telling me how he met Juvenile at a bus stop. Why he knew Lil Wayne was a genius when he met him at the age of 12. And so much more. Without further ado, Manny Fresh on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. Um, the... Who am I today? That's a good question. Most of the world know me as Manny Fresh. Fresh, welcome. Manny Fresh, thank you, sir. On the Come Up Show. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you're in Toronto today to do, uh, I believe, a DJ set. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we all know, I think most people know, you started out as a DJ. Yep. What is it like to be back to the essence of where you, where well, you started? I yeah. really never stopped DJing. I just wasn't gigging. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just more of an exercise for me every other day. I would be at my house DJing, but... I mean, it's kind of like it's the rebirth of Manny Fresh. And, and and let me explain it to you. The DJ, to me, is where everything comes from. You know, he's the ears, he's the eyes and everything, and what makes people move and what brings people together. So when you want to press reset, if you're a DJ, you go back to the club or wherever it started at or whatever to see what's going on to get that feeling. So it's me going, okay, this is a whole nother layer of Manny Fresh. So that's why I wanted to go back to that 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 whole essence of hip hop that where you gotta 
win the crowd and keep the crowd, then you know you're relevant. That challenge of yeah, reading challenge. the crowd, reading the dance floor, yes. and, and, and catering to them. Yeah, you got it. And what is it about uh, the transition that we uh, most, uh, like a lot of great DJs, uh, a lot of great producers were DJs, fr- uh, DJs first, like yeah. from Tamir to Pete Rock. Uh, what is it about, you know, they all started as DJs first. Well, yeah. I think the whole transition with, with most producers was they wasn't setting out to be a producer. It was just you was a DJ and you had a good ear for, you know, what people want. And then you start dabbling into remixes and trying to do things your own way or whatever because you're just like at a point where, well, what if this would have went like this? And before you know it, you you on the production side. Like, cause I never, I never meant to be a producer, never set out to be a producer. I just started doing remixes and, you know, it caught the ear of some people that just was like, Hey, you know, like you're actually producing songs now. You're not just doing, you know, cause at first it was just me mimicking what was going on. Then it became, Oh, I'm gonna do my own little thing. But you know, when, when you got somebody going, that's kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of like what happened with me. It was it was New Orleans going, well, what you're doing is kind of cool, dude. Like, you actually can do this. And, you know, and I started doing beats more and more, and it, and it gradually grew into production. Mm-hmm. And but uh, I want to know what your methods because it's not as easy today. The kids today are uh, are downloading the demo version of Fruity Loops and they're making like the biggest songs in the world. Yeah. So what were you? You didn't have Fruity Loops no, back you, then. No, you so actually what were you had doing? to create a kit yeah. um, from records or whatever you got sounds from. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? It wasn't a drag and drop thing. It was more of you know if you if you found the cool snare on a jazz record, you would s- sample that snare. You might have found the cool kick from maybe a rock record or whatever and merge them two together and make something incredible out of it. It was more of digging in the crates to find something that was a cool element that made sense. And you don't have, you didn't have all of the, I guess, accessibility that you have right now. Like when, when in my era, I used the SP 1200 and just to give you an example of what it is, you could only use eight sounds at a time, but you had to do something incredible with them eight sounds. So it challenged you right then and there to say, I only got eight sounds, you know. So I think that's that was, to to me, a beautiful thing because it always challenged me on every song to say, like, I want the next song to sound a little bit different from this one. So I got to go find a different snare, a different kick. Mm-hmm. And I got to find how do I make a bass line out of something that's a analog machine that's like maybe five seconds of sample time. Mm-hmm. So it was just, a, you know, I feel like that's what made my era of music great because you always had to figure out a way to manipulate something to make something great. You had to be creative. You had yeah, to do what, exactly. what you got. And that's kind of the nature of New Orleans, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That there's musicians in every corner, but 90% of them can't read music. How yeah. is that possible? I mean, <laughs> it's just how we grow up. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I don't read music as well, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like, you know, you grow up with music in your ear all the time. And, and, and I think it's a cool thing if you do read music, but sometimes it's just a feeling. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I'll say my style of production is based on feeling. It's based on, like, oh, this is, this is, these sounds sound great merged together. Or, or whatever it is, you know, that, that makes it, that thing that makes you go, wow, that's incredible. Like, that's cool. So I just think it's not important to, to 
I guess have that whole musical background where you actually do read it. It's just do you play from the soul and do you feel it? Mm-hmm. And do you feel like the what is coming out today, the uh, the artists and the music and the producers are making music out of feeling? Because I feel like it's we're kind of in a confusing time that uh, rappers have become singers and singers have become rappers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think you hit it dead on. But you know, is a is another era of hip hop. So the the test's gonna be. I guess to me is is it going to stand the test of time like that's that's you know because I do feel like a lot of songs are drag and drop songs it's, it's like presets that's okay you really didn't play that you bought a pack that's got the you know that's got the sounds in it already and you just tweaked it a little bit and so it's not really creative and the cool thing is it's two different things is a producer and is a beat maker you know what I'm saying? And I think we got a lot of beat makers now. We don't have a lot of producers. Mm-hmm. Because the, the producer's in charge of the vision, the yeah. direction, everything. They have the confidence to tell that artist that take was trash, do exactly. it again. Exactly. You just hit it dead on. Mm-hmm. A beat maker is just somebody who, oh, I'll buy a, a pack from off the internet and I can sell it to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it probably took no creativity at all to do it. Like, you know, and I don't have a problem with Fruity Loops. I think you could do a bunch of things with it. I just, I got a problem with somebody taking something that was already done and you calling that creative. Like, it's like, okay, that's that's just something that you just kind of dragged and you you know and it was pre it was a preset already it was already done mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and you just put it over some drums that was already done as well mm-hmm. like so I, I really if that you know i don't really consider that producing i could i consider that beat making mm-hmm. so we're just gonna sit back and, and see if it lasted the, the test of time basically yeah. right we you know yeah because um, i'm yeah. i'm I, and, and and i guess in my era when i was when i i guess started doing this and it got to to the height I'm more than sure it was a lot of people who probably felt the same way about, you know, what I did. They probably was like, I don't think that's music. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I I get kind of like why some people feel the way they feel right now in the state of hip hop, because a lot of it is 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 if you if you grew up kind of like the story that you told me meeting you, um, like you grew up in an era of you was taught like not to steal nobody's style. Like, have your own style, not to sound like nobody else. Don't do a beat that sound like nobody. Don't rhyme like nobody. Don't sound like nobody. Right now, all of that is cool. You can do all of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? We could have six dudes that sound alike. We could have six songs that sound alike, and nobody's not going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the weird thing to me. That is weird as well, too, because I get hundreds of submissions, and I can't tell the difference between yeah. them. Their, their voice is drenched in auto-tune, and I'm like, what is this? And some of them are winning yeah. off of that, which is kind of is confusing to me, but we'll see if yeah. they're around five, ten years or if they make classic music. Uh, let's take it back, though, Manny. Like, your dad used to buy you, your Christmas gifts were <laughs> instruments. Your, yeah. your friend would get a, a bike, you would get a turntable. Your boy would get an Atari, you would get a trumpet. And you're yeah. like, what is this? And, like, your dad saw something in you. Like, uh, can he tell me about those times? Yeah, because yeah. it was, like, really, when I was young, it was super confusing. But my dad was like, you always tinkering with something. He was like, so there's a reason. Like, you know, it's like, I mean, if you didn't want to play it, why would you be banging on the keyboard? Like, and, and, and my dad picked up early that I would pick up on bass lines, like without even, you know, knowing. Like, if you know, if he played a cool song, you know, before I know it, I would be playing on the keyboard and playing that song. 
And you know, and he was just like, oh, like it's it's amazing that you could pick up on that, and you don't even realize that that in itself is a gift. Like mm-hmm. so, you know, my dad definitely seen a vision, but he didn't push it. He was just like, I'm gonna let you do it on your own. That, that's I'm gonna give that's you pretty the important, ele- yeah. like to let it be organic. That's pretty important, yeah. isn't it? Because it could draw you off. Yeah, it could definitely draw you off. I yeah. mean, when I had turntables in the mixer, I, I probably didn't touch them for two years. Two years? You know, just collecting just, dust. Yeah, just collecting dust. Like, you know what I'm saying? If anything, I probably played a record just to hear something. Like, but you, you always have something life-changing. To me, um, I, like I tell people all the time, the record Chic, Good Times, like it changed my life. Like my dad was actually playing that record one day and I was just like, man, that's the dopest record I've ever heard or whatever. And I had two of them and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to figure out this DJ thing now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and once I figured it out, like, um, I mean, it was just life changing for me. I was just like, man, like you could do, you could manipulate a record to do so many things. Like, you know, and, and the crazy thing is, um, it came to me like naturally, like, you know, like I know like a lot of people who try to learn a DJ is going to take a while. They go to DJ schools and all of this or whatever and all of that. It just came to me naturally how, how, how to scratch work, how to blend work, all of that. Hmm. So it was just like, I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Did you feel like you had like newfound power? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I remember young girlfriends coming over and they just like, the only thing this dude doing is playing with the turntables. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just like, if, if you... It was cool, it was different, it was unique. Yeah, it yeah. was just like, he's not focused on nothing else but playing with his turntables and records. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I just felt like that was the world. Like, and I would do it for hours and hours and hours. And even if you would ask my mom right now, she would just be like, she was like, we endured a whole lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? But she was just like, we get it. Cause what, what were you doing? Playing music at two in the morning yeah, or something like that? Yeah. yeah. All all day, all night. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I got a new record, I played it repeatedly till I learned it. Mm-hmm. Till I learned every part of the song that I wanted to do something with. Or if I couldn't figure out how I wanted to blend it, I figured it out. And it, it would take, you know, sometimes days or whatever. You know, and my mom was like, I would play this music blasting all, all night or whatever. But it's kind of like, they was like, well, you was in your own world and you wasn't even paying attention to your element. And, you know, and I think, if you got support and you got family around you, you could live in the worst place in the world. Like you won't even know it's the worst place in the world. Like, you know, growing up where we grew up at, you know, I'm, I mean, I didn't even know I lived in a project. I really didn't until I went back after a little bit of success and realized like, we OK, we shooting a video in my old neighborhood and I'm going, damn, I used to live here. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and it, it kind of freaked me out because I really wasn't paying attention to it as a child in childhood because I was always occupied with music and just what was going on with me and the support of my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, was that pretty rare back then? Because, um, you know, kids uh, would ask their parents to buy them a turntable or whatever. They're like, what is this? They're like, you know, parents who might not believe in that or they say it's nonsense or I'm not going to spend money on that. But they actually bought it for you without you even asking. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I, I think anywhere else in the world it would be rare, but not New Orleans because you got so many people that play instruments. Like, you know, so I, I, I think anywhere else, like I said, it would be rare. And I got so many friends, like, I mean... That's cool people to the world. Kermit Ruffin, Trombone Shorty, you know, all of these people are people who grew up with, you know, and all of them play instruments and they great at it. But in our childhood, we just thought it was just normal things to do. 
Hmm. You know, none none of us saw it as, oh my God, you could be great at this, and and the world will you know appreciate your music and what you're doing, mm-hmm. and it potentially saved your life from the street life. Oh yeah, probably as well. it distracted you from what was going on definitely. in the hood. And I mean, even hood dudes would be like, you know, I had those times where <clears throat> I wanted to dabble into what other people was doing. Where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try doing the whole drug dealer thing. They was like, dude, nah, not for you. This ain't you. Yeah, get back to what you're doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and so you know that's an impact when your neighborhood is going like, dude, what are you doing out here? Like, not for you. Please mm-hmm. get back to turntables or whatever you're doing. So, you know, you can make an impact without you even knowing on some some real street dudes that's just like, bro, nah, we, we, we see where your future at and what's going on with you. I, yo, that's uh, I really appreciate that because they could try to corrupt you, or they say when people see that you have something good going on, they could try to rob that from you. Yeah, but they protected you. Exactly. Each and every Thursday, I send an email to thousands of our closest readers. Our subscribers love these emails because it's the best way to stay connected with the Come Up Show. You're not gonna miss out at the concert ticket giveaways of your favorite artists. Like, yo, we've given away tickets to Chance the Rapper, Anderson Pac, the Bad Boy reunion tour, which was worth hundreds of dollars, and we got more contests coming up. Plus, you get the behind-the-scenes stories of our interviews, event listings, and anything of importance, all in this one email, straight to your inbox each and every Thursday. Subscribe to the Come Up Show newsletter at thecomeupshow.com, or you can find the link in the podcast description. Uh, Little Slim Bounce Slide Ride. <laughs> yeah, you went way back. Bro. 1993. Yeah. Is that what started off Cash Money? Um, No. I, I mean, that was probably one of the first records I did. An artist named Kilo G was the first artist on, on Cash Money. And a friend of mine actually did the music, but it was kind of like it was samples and all kind of stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. And at the time... um. What what made them switch was I was just starting to do bounce music and it took over like crazy. And so I was just like, hey, why don't y'all change the format? Try this. And soon as they tried that, you know, it the, the label just took off. You know, in the first generation of Cash Money, it was all bounce artists, including who you just said, Lil Slim. And it was just that bounce music was so new and it was just a breath of fresh air to New Orleans because we had already played everybody else's records. New Orleans is a hub for everything. New York, Cali, whatever was going on, we was playing it. West Coast, East Coast, we was playing it. But we was looking for our own thing. Mm-hmm. And just like I just started playing like 808 breaks and turning them into break beats, letting MCs rock, rock the mic like the essence of hip hop like just on like what Cool Herc yeah, was doing exactly yeah, like yeah, yeah. call and response yeah and I, it took New Orleans by storm like it was just like dude this this new thing like I like nobody didn't know what to call it or whatever and the whole phrase bounce the the way we came up with bounce music was whenever I would play it you know, everybody would just kind of be like, you know, like they'll just bounce up and down. Like they're just like, that's that beat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it just, it's one of them things where I was just like bounce music, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and it just took off from there. Uh, is it true that you met uh, Juvenile at a bus stop? Yeah, I met him at a bus stop. <laughs> you guys were waiting for the bus? And... <laughs> no, nah, he was actually, we was coming, the bus where he was catching the bus yeah. was the office that Cash Money had. Okay, where, and we and was where coming, take us where in New Orleans This was this downtown exactly? New Orleans, like, downtown. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we had an office up, like, right, right on the corner of where a bus stop was. We coming out the office, and I see him at the bus stop waiting to go to his job or whatever. In and front of the cash money office. Yeah. What are the chances of that? 
I mean, but <laughs> but, but but before that, yeah. this is just weird. So my yeah. dad was my dad is still DJing, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad had already told me about him because you know he used to go to some of my dad gigs, and my dad would let him get on the mic. Mm-hmm. And and so my dad was like, "It's this dude juvenile." And at the time, you know, his nickname was Tanut, and he was like, "It's this guy Tanut." Tanut. Yeah. What does that mean? Like this dude. Listen, you gotta ask him. Tanut. Yeah. So he was like, "It's this dude." He was like, "You gotta check him out." He was like, "He got a lot of." hot stuff or whatever. So just like I said, we just happened to, to, to be leaving out of the office and he's at the bus stop. And so I put him on the spot. I'm like, listen, bro. First he tells me though, he was like, if I get a chance to come to cash money, he was like, bro, I promise y'all, I'm 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 a change things the way hip hop is and all of this. And I'm like, oh bro, I know you. I know you from my dad. He's mentioned you, told me like you really rock the crowd, blah, 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 and all of this. So I was like, I tell you what, I'm like, if you can just rap like give me I'm gonna give you a subject and you just do it. So I'm just throwing things out there at him. I'm like, okay. Do you remember what things you were throwing at I, him? I, I probably yeah. told him the first thing was I was like like fat girls and he's just going off about it like you know what i'm saying and i would change i'm like star trek you know what i'm saying so he's, he's rapping about star trek and da, 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 da. and then i'm like okay so I, I i think i told him something weird like you know what i'm saying rap about elephants in africa and he just does this whole crazy freestyle and i'm like dude y'all y'all gotta get this dude i'm mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying and the rest is history like but but me putting him on the spot he rapped literally probably for an hour like on different subjects, cause I'm just going and and I'm I'm just finding it so amazing, cause I'm like, there's nothing I could trick this dude on that he's he's not ready for. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, y'all gotta get this dude, no matter what is going on. And I think the first album that we did on Juvie was Soldier Rags, like you know what I'm saying. And and when that one was so well received in Louisiana and a little bit of other places, till we knew we had something special. Mm-hmm. And at this time, when you're saying we well, all gotta get this, who who was part I'm of Cash Money? Baby and Slim at the time. Okay, like you know what I'm saying, because the only artist there was some bounce artists. Like you know what I'm saying, we had this PMW, um, wow. this dude Pimp Daddy. Um, I don't know if people know about that, that there was a cash like there yeah. was actual artists before the hot boys yeah, and everything like that. Yeah, it was artists like before the hot boys. Wow. Like the first generation of um, Cash Money was all bounce artists. Mm-hmm. It was probably like six or seven bounce artists. Wow! And this was three years prior to Lil Wayne before Lil Wayne even came on the scene. When Lil Wayne came on came yeah. on the scene, and we'll talk about Lil Wayne, but BG was he like a scary guy? Like he was, he's yeah, murderous, you know he's dark. Saying? Like because he was the hood element from New Orleans, but yeah. he was true to who he was whatever he rapped about you know what was so eerie to me it was like i'm like god he really doing it like you know at first you know how i'm i'm so cool with what i'm doing beats or whatever i just thought this dude had cool ghetto tales i was like okay he got some cool ghetto stories and i'm like that's cool because i'm like he could he i'm like they sound like they real like they true to life and you know and the more and more i got to know him and the more we we, we we're doing songs i'm realizing like i'm like this is real life for this dude he's he's writing this from a real place and i think that's why a lot of people still are fans and in in love i guess what he brung to the game because even all his highs and his lows was putting his music Whatever, whatever was going on with him from, you know, if it was, it was, if it was, um, I'm trying to get my mom out the ghetto, I'm trying to get her a house, you know, he would say it. If he was like, I'm dealing with a drug addiction, he would say it. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? So I realized, like, I'm telling you, he was a true-to-life artist going, I'm like, wow, this dude is really writing from a deep place. Because I'm like, you it, it, you got to be a brave person to, I guess, put your whole life on the line like that and tell that story. But that risk is always worth it because people connect to exactly. authentic stories. Yeah, yeah, they always connect to authentic stories uh, so was big timers like is that like was that going before the hot boys like you and baby yeah um the whole a lot of people don't know the whole universal deal was because of big timers like a lot of people thought it was juvenile but it was really the big timers the big timers album the first one that we dropped independently on cash money um reached gold and and this was an independent label that did gold so of course you got record labels just coming out of everywhere going you know like we never heard of y'all but we could see the numbers from sound scans like they just like so we never so it it was just crazy and they never even knew we had a roster they never knew we had a Lil Wayne we had a Juvenile or none of that they just knew like okay it's this group big timers like and, it, and it's nothing like you ever heard and it's like they're the most flamboyant dudes in the world and they saying the craziest things You're in the world talking that talk basically yeah like you know what I'm saying like this dude says he, he owns a space shuttle or something like, <laughs> like so it was it was like nothing that you ever heard so but when but by the time we did the deal with universal it was like what else do y'all have on the table and we was like oh we got this guy juvenile and we already had our plan and we was like we got a rotation of how we put records out and it was just like we, we he's up so before we even put out another big timers album we put out juvenile and when we put out juvenile of course huh was something like nobody ever heard before either. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, everybody was just like, man, like, they was like, I don't know if I like this or I hate it. But the more you got to, you know, hear it, you was just like, all right, it is different, but it's cool because it's something that I never, ever heard. So just like I said. Yeah, when I first so heard that, I was like, what is this? Exactly. Like, your first yeah. time hearing it, you yeah. just like, is he on the beat? Or is he not? Like, he in between the beat? Like, where is it or whatever? But then, like, you know, the cool thing about hip-hop, hip-hop allows you to say, like, oh, this is something different. It, you know, it's left. It's not what everybody doing. So I like it because, it, you know, they went left on this. So I think that's what, what, what was so big about it. Like the way even the drums, the way the drums was programmed, double time on, on st stuff, the things that he was saying, it was like, okay, wow. Everybody was like, it's kind of a breath of fresh air because even mm -hmm. though it's going to take me a second to learn what he's saying, it's like nothing else out there. I, I find that that's the common thing when whenever a city or a region is bringing their unique things and they're teaching people something new from their perspective. Yeah. People grab onto that. They gravitate towards yeah. that, right? Uh, and it was how was the last track song recorded on 400 Degrees? Yeah. Like, it was, that was like a last minute thing? Yeah, and we did it like literally in, in, in a couple of minutes. It came together in a couple of minutes. Like, you know, it was, it was a last minute song that we threw together, and I was just like, dude, this crazy, because this is the one. Hmm. Like, you know, and, and, and it happened over us. Um, I remember we, we recorded it in Nashville, but we went out to eat. And he kept making all of these references about, huh? Like, he was like, that's you with that chicken, huh? That's you with the da-da-da-da, huh? And I was like, dude, you should do that. I'm like, do that. And he was just like, okay, by the time we get back to the studio, he was like, if you really want to do it, I'm going to do it. And, and and by the time we got back to the studio, he pretty much had the record done. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it was just the way it came out was nuts. And I was like, bro, this the this the 
just the one. I know you ain't gonna let somebody come and pump you, huh? Stand in front you, huh? Straight up run you, huh? You know who got that fire green, huh? You know how to use a triple beam, huh? It ain't hard to see, huh? You keep your body clean, huh? You got a lot of your bold jeans, huh? Some of your partners don't be, huh? You don't really want to mess with them clowns, huh? You come up with them clowns, huh? You stuck with them clowns, huh? You a big jeans, huh? You got your black on body, remain in the jeans. And so back that thing up. Was that like you know I was I was telling you when Juvenile said Cash Money Records taking over for the ninety nine two thousand. Was that the beginning of the real momentum, or was it already really yeah, going I before think, that? Um, what I always said. This is me still to this day. Um, the power of words, you know. And I'm like, I always said that. Like I'm like if 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 I'm a, if I say it to you, I mean it. Like you know if it's, it's like saying, um. I'm gonna be successful. If if you say it, don't play with it. Like if you if you really mean that, mean that. If you gonna if your goal is to make a million dollars, write it down on the refrigerator or write it down somewhere on your TV, stick it there so you can look at it every day. You know, and and I think that suggested when he said that, like we we really meant that. Like you know, that was just and and it was just one of them phrases that just came out. Like and I, and you know and it, and it set the bar for yeah, we really are. About to, you know, take over and do this, and 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 even when we would do songs, that was that was just something that we would always say, like speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When you say things so many times, you start to believe it. Yeah. Hmm. And then bling bling. Did yeah. people say the word bling bling before bling no, bling? Like no, not at all. Word. I mean, I wrote that song. I was just, I just kept hearing it over and over in my came up with the hook first mm-hmm. you know and i just had to get up like you know it's like one of them songs you 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 i mean i wrote the hook probably three in the morning i'm half asleep but i keep hearing it over and over you know like when you're saying something i'm like i'm trying to think of what rhymes with this word what rhymes with this word and i'm like bling bling every time you come around your city bling bling pinky wing and i'm like okay i'm like i don't want to forget this idea i'm getting up right now got up did the beat for it did everything like you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I get to the studio before everybody, lay the song down, and I'm like, I got one that I know is gonna go. Like I'm like, I know it's gonna go, and it was just like, and even first time hearing it, some of them was like, well, what does that mean? Like, what are you referencing to? And I'm like, just trust me on this one. I'm like, I know. <laughs> when you know, you know. Yeah. But I want to talk about that moment. It's three in the morning. You're probably tired. You want to sleep. And you know, if you went to sleep, you might not remember yeah. it when you wake up, but you t- follow your instinct. Yeah. Because artists can f- and producers can forget beats and songs that all happens, the time. Yeah, I was about to tell you, that happens yeah. a lot of times when, you know, like, it's that dead tired. And, and that's kind of like how my ideas come. They come in the, in the middle of the night. And, and something will play over and over in my head. And I know if it play over and over in my it's something that I need to do. I'm like, you know what? Something wants me to do this song. Like, I wouldn't keep on remembering this hook over and over, and I already got the notes to how I want the music to go. And I'm like, before I forget this whole thing, I'm going to record it right Mm. now. I was wondering, what is the pushback? Because we're coming out at the end of the 90s, the golden era of hip-hop, when you're doing things like Bling Bling and you guys are flashy. Yeah. Like, what was there pushback from people? What was people saying, oh, this ain't real hip-hop? Yeah, you you had people that way, but you but if you have an answer for everything that you do, 
somebody can't really say that, you know, it's not real. My what, what cash money was in the beginning was it was a category. We still had categories in rap when we when we was doing that. You know what I'm saying? Even though we was the flashy dudes, that was our category. It was our own lane. Like, you know, because you got Slick Rick, who was a storyteller. You got Public Enemy, who was the, you know, all right, I got you on this movement or whatever I'm doing. You got N.W.A. that was gangster rap. You had Cash Money that was just the flashy dudes. So, you know, I think you had, like I said, you had um, different genres of rap, and we was just one of them. Like, so that's that's where we fit in at. It's kind of, I guess, what makes it all confusing, and this is where it's the gift and the curse. We never set out for hip-hop to turn into just something flashy. That was just our thing. It wasn't everybody's thing. Right now, it's, it's like hip-hop is just flashy right now. Everybody want to be that dude. Everybody want to be a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. Everybody want to have, you know what I'm saying? We never, that wasn't our intent. The intent was, this is our category. This is, you know, this is cash money thing. This is what we do. And I, I get it. Like, it had an influence on how hip-hop is and, and what it is right now. But we wasn't going, like, it should be a whole culture of a bunch of, you know, rappers going, look at me, my chain is big, and yeah. da 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 and all of that. That wasn't what, what the intent was. Hmm. So Cash Money basically ruined hip-hop. That's what you're saying. I'm not, <laughs> nah. You, I say we ruined hip-hop. I just felt like nobody's got the guts to... Be a J. Cole. Nobody's got the guts to be a Kendrick Lamar. Like, you know what I'm saying? We need more of them. And I'm and, and I'm and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that like um because I think that, you know, they different or whatever and all of that, but I just think that everybody wanna go the easy route. Like it's like, oh, this is what they doing, so let's do what they doing. We need more more people to go left. And on top of that, hip hop was a form of education. Like it's not that no more. You, even though you had the bling bling era, like I said, you at one time you could play six different records with with six different messages from hip hop on the radio, or in a dance. You can't do that now. All of them are about the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everything is about the same thing if you really think about it. Like I said it, back back then, that era, the '90s, the end of the '90s was the last um '90 like to '95 or whatever was that last era of okay. Like I said, we got an NWA song, we got a Public Enemy song, and and all of them got different messages. Like you know what I'm saying? We got somebody who's making a song about rocking the party. We got somebody else that's on some politics. We got some other dude that's saying be a father to your child. Like you know what I'm saying? Everything had a different message, and you can actually play all of them, and everybody would jam to them. Mm. And we had a variety and diversity. Exactly. Uh, when you met Wayne, you call him a kid genius. Yeah. Why? I mean, he he st still to me is that that kid genius, because just the work ethic and how he attacked it, and you know, and this was a kid that was probably when I met him, three grades above where he was supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? And when you don't know somebody, you don't get it. You just think like weirdo, and I'm just like okay. I'm like, wait, how old are you and where you at in school right now? And I'm like, how does, you know, I'm like, how does that happen? And he was just like, I don't know. He was like, I just see things differently and it's just really not hard for me. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, you know, I'm like, but I'm like, maybe you're just a young weirdo or something like, but when, what, what was the balance to his life was rap. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like somebody who going, I don't fit in with my peers because everybody thinks that I think I'm smarter than them. But it came easy to him, like um, his homework or whatever and all of that, just solving things. And it kind of put him in an uncomfortable place because it was always, okay, I'm this young kid, but, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be in fifth grade, but I'm in eighth grade. And these, they, don't, they don't like me because I'm here. Plus, I'm the kid that always put my hand up and answer every question. Mm. So it, it was, he was looking for a balance as well of how do I fit in society? How do I, wh where's my cool place? Like, you know, so for him, he fell in love with hip hop, with rap. And, and he couldn't wait to say, I'm going to show off my wordplay. I'm going to show, you know, because even this comes easy to me, but this is, this is a filter for me to, to go nuts. Mm -hmm. And, and, and just, the approach of how he took it. Like if somebody, he was the first one there, last one to leave. And if you didn't have your lyrics together, Wayne always had something. It would be like, Hey, you got something for this song? You ain't got nothing. Wayne, like I got something. I got, I already got something. I got a verse, all of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or if you left the studio and he felt like your, your rap was better than his, he was like, I'm going to do mine over. And he'll wait around quietly, like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to wait. Then after that, he was like, hey, hey, Fresh, can I go do my rhyme over? And I'm like, why would you want to? He was like, I don't, I, don't, I don't, they killed me on that. So he was very competitive on, like I said, the first one to be at the studio, the last one to leave mm -hmm. all the time. And it was constant every day. Like, I'm like, dude, you got to go home. You got to do, I already did my homework. And I'm like, wow. So I can't even argue with you about nothing. Like, cause he, you know, he, he figured it out. Like even with his mom and what was super genius for a long time, Wayne did not curse. That and, was kind of the deal with his parents, right? Yeah, that was the deal. Like, that was like, he was as 14, long as you 15 could do years it. old. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you can do it. And, and it was kind of like, how do you fit in with this group that's like the streets, the hood? Like, that's what they represent. And, and you can't say one raunchy curse word or none of that. But the genius of his verses and where he fit in, it was just like, wow. I'm like, you really don't need to curse. You know, and I think even that was a lesson in hip hop to, to say, like, you can actually come across super cool without, you know, without cursing. And, I was, and, he, and he did it for a long, long time. Until F the world. Yeah. Right? And and I understood it when he did that song. I, I totally understood it because it's just when, when, when you know, when, when something happens to you and you lose something that's very close to you, that is your feeling. And where and else? And he lost his father. Yeah, yeah. And he lost his father. So yeah. where else do you express that? I mean, he could have expressed it in a, in a bad way or he, and, you know, and did something crazy or put it in your music. Hmm. So... Of course, I agreed with it. I was like, put it in your music. Because I, I see what, you know, I mean, at that time, I, I, I mean, I saw a kid drinking and, 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 you know, and going down the wrong path. So I'm like, I'm going to stop you. Yeah, I'm like, I got to stop you right now. I'm like, why don't you, whatever you're doing, I know what you're feeling, but put it in your music. Hmm. You know, so some something had to give. So I'm just like, you know what, I got to let you say it how you feel. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about that, like, Wayne always did his homework. Like, you were telling a story where, like, 
uh, the you guys would be talking about a type of gun or something like that. Yeah. Or, I don't know what it's called. Seraphina. A Seraphina. Seraphina gun. Yeah. He he had no idea what it was. He went home and he did he went research home, on did it. Did research on it. Came back and and in the rhyme he t- he's saying everything about. And I'm just like, dude, how do you know that? And he was just like, oh, I just I looked it up. He was like, I want. I'm not gonna say something that I don't know. And I'm just like, wow. I'm like, this crazy. Like he's telling you this gun was manufactured yeah. in Germany. And yeah. Like- so it was just like, okay, you getting on our nerves. Like, we don't even need to know all of that. <laughs> How many of them was made, you know, the year it changed, all of that. And we just like, dude, we was just mm-hmm. having a conversation. It's crazy. <laughs> and he's 17 years old, and Missy Elliott said she loved Little Wayne. Yeah. What did that do to his confidence? Oh, man, like, shot it through the roof. Because, I mean, that was that was everything. It was kind of like me saying that Chic record that I heard, Good Times. That was confirmation to him that he made it he land because the biggest thing to wayne was missy elliott all the time like oh, he really? was a super missy elliott fan yeah like you know all throughout when we started he was just like man missy 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 if i ever get a chance to do a song with missy or if i ever get a chance to meet missy and just for her to say that that was you know in his mind it was success it didn't matter nothing about money no cars no none of that just just to get that you know what I'm saying? From another MC that you thought was great to to acknowledge you, that that was the world to do. Mm-hmm. And like since Wayne was like a workhorse, he kind of lifted up the group, right? Like yeah. everybody like like you guys were recording what three songs a day yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like because we had to keep up with his pace. With his, you pace. know what I'm saying? The youngest out of everybody. Yeah. Because it yeah. would be like like I'm saying, and and it would I'm I'm always recording. So if I got three songs, you know I'm not tripping if y'all do them today. But it used to be like, man, Wayne going to do him, so we going to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, we would finish one song, and he's like, oh, I got the verse for the next song. And I only played it when we first got to the studio. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I'm like, well, how do you get the verse off? He was like, I already know. And so you got to think about it. If he started the song off and he killed it, so now he got everybody else going, I can't just put anything on it. Like, you're just like, man, he just, I'm like, and he did it purposely to set the pace hmm. on like, yeah, now come behind that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta step up your bars. Yeah. Um, the Carter series, did Wayne have a vision for that before they were all recorded? Like he was going to record, I don't know how many, like four or five albums or whatever, like a, or it I was think, just like one at a time or, or no, like, if no. You, if you kind of know the story on yeah. it, we was in a, in a club and I think Cash Money was kind of like at a place where we kind of thought the sound was dying down, the whole flashy thing was done or whatever, and we was just like, okay, what's the next evolution of Cash Money? Where you know what? If I'm like, okay, we've done this to debt. We, you know, I'm like, we 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 pretty much ranged out the whole big time yes. thing or whatever. You're talking like, about every. You're talking about a fish tank in your car. Yeah, I'm like, we ain't got nothing else to talk about. I'm like. <laughs> So we 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 having this conversation and I'm telling him I'm like you got to do something incredible and something that establishes you as a real MC. Like you know what I'm saying, something that's going to make the public go like okay, it's serious. It's it's, it's serious over there. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah, he was like I've been feeling that way for a while, but he was like kind of he you know, he was like I feel like the track's been and, and and just just him giving me not criticism about it, but just saying what he needed to be that as well. He was like, I kind of need you to go in, bro. He was mm. like, I need you to. He was telling you to yeah. level up with him as yeah. well. He was like, so if we if, if, if this is what it's going to be, he was like, you know, 
from all around the board, it's got to be something that, you know, it's got to be a body of work that every song you can listen to. Like, you're not going to skip through nothing. You're going to want to hear every song. And I'm like, okay. And and, I, and I'm and i going, well, I thought we always did that. And he was just like, nah. He was like, you know, he was like, it's been good. But he was like, I want this. Because if it's going to start off with we doing something completely different, it's got to be a super cool album. Hmm. So I'm like, all right. So when we get into it, it was more of research 50 and in, in, in the album 50. We did all kind of research on how do we get this demographic um how do we get these people to like it we even bring in his mom on songs like what would you like to hear like and she was just like i like um maze and frankie beverly i like al green i like so the, even the al green song that we did that came from his mom and i'm like okay how about we do an al green song the way more fly than you and i'm like so we won you over you know what I'm saying? The next thing. But why were you trying to win Little Wayne's we wanted, mom over? We wanted this yeah. album to touch everybody. We didn't want to leave. Yeah, we didn't want it to just just be. You know, like okay, it's just some kids that like it. We wanted it to to be able to cross over to everybody, every race, every everything that you can name. Animals. You know, like even me doing the introduction, it was real. Like cats, dogs. We wanted the whole planet to love this album like we was just like how do we get this across to everybody so it was just more of we we, we was doing songs stripping them down going like this ain't good enough let's go again like you know but it all paid off in the end hmm the work ethic had to be yeah. the next level so uh, like, did, did, did so you didn't take it personally when Little Wayne was saying, "Yo, you gotta love oh, no, up." Oh no, 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 no. It could be sensitive yeah. sometimes, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you hit on something early on that's very important. Like, um, sometimes you know you can hurt somebody's feelings by telling them the take that they did wasn't, you know, like that wasn't a good one. You could do that better. But if I'm not telling you that, I'm not putting my heart in it. And even if, if, if I played a beat for you and you don't like it, you have by all means you could say, like, dude, that ain't it. I, I need something better than that. And and I think longevity is this, too. The beats and the rhymes got to be a marriage. If you do a beat, I mean, if you do a rap and I think it's incredible and my beat is not married to that, I'm going to do the beat over. Hmm. You know, I'm like, nah, that's, man, you killing my beat. Hmm. It's got to be competitive. It's got to be, you know what I'm saying, for it to be something cool to me. Like, hmm. I wanted I wanted to feel like this belonged together rather than, okay, I just gave you a beat. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, so when we're getting now to, like, uh, say, the Project Bitch uh, mm -hmm. song video, is that, like, near the end of the era, the run where, like, you were saying there was, like, that was the last glory days of hip-hop when there was no politics? Yeah. Uh, you were just having fun and doing records? Yeah, because you got to think yeah. about a lot of the Cash Money records Nothing was censored. We said some crazy things in some of the lyrics. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think right now, that's why they so generational with a lot of people. Because a lot of people see it as freedom. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even if you didn't agree with the content or whatever the record was, you just like the fact that somebody actually said something that was crazy on that record. And I think that was, to me, the, you know, because hip-hop was changing then. It was, coming, it was going to the South. But we was always... On the format is this is freedom of how you feel like, you know, I, I mean, I think that like people are so cautious and careful to what they say now to is killing everything because, you you know, if you say uh, the wrong polit thing, politically yeah, correct. exactly. Yeah. You say the wrong thing. You got to write uh, um, apology to 
a whole country for just expressing how you felt or some of your beliefs or whatever. And I thought some things were kind of off limits to that. Not in music is supposed Especially to be in art. Yeah. Art is supposed to like you, you know, even in, in a cool thing about uh, art, if you don't like it, you don't have to accept it. You can move on to something else. I think people put too much emphasis on going, Hey, like you said something wrong or you shouldn't have said that. And it's just like, well, you, you got 1,800 more channels. Change the station. This this one is not for you, but it's for somebody. Mm-hmm. So uh, fast forwarding, uh, I want to talk about because we talk about here the like the low points or frustrations where you want to give up or like say, why am I still doing this or I want to leave it. Uh, was like you leaving cash money was that like a, one of the low points like because he built it up for that yeah like, all the I, way I wouldn't say no? it was a low point because even leaving them I had a lot of success you know I had I mean I had young Jeezy I had T.I. and you know for, for, for a long time after leaving them I was the T.I. go to dude like you know what I'm saying so I still had hits after them it's just that big shit pop and top back yeah, stuff like that yeah, yeah. you yeah. know what I'm saying and then what so I proved that I could do it outside of that machine machine but it just i started seeing i guess hip-hop to me was like okay it's this whole mimic manny fresh thing you know what i'm saying and it's 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 flattering don't get me wrong but i'm like how many songs are gonna be like that i'm like okay i'm cool with that but i'm like it's 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 like going something that you birthed but you starting to dislike it because you you hear it too much. It's like I love the 808 drum. It's my own thing. Is 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 it was my go to thing. But now I kind of don't as much because everybody use it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody do snare rolls. Everybody do hi hats. That's tripled. Like you know what I'm saying? And I get it. Like it, it. Believe me, it's an honor when somebody say I got this from you. But when you hear it over and over and over again, I'm listening. I want to hear something different. That's what I'm saying. Originality. Exactly. Because originality inspires yeah. you to do so, something the next thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think when I kind of dropped off the face of the map, it was I'm not inspired. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and I get it. Like somebody going, but you're you're the originator. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But you're not giving me room to do something different. And when I started doing different things, record companies didn't want it because they was just like, nah, we want that Manny Fresh, you know? And I'm like, you take, you got a new era and this new era of even A&Rs, they don't know that you do albums. And I'm like, dude, I don't do singles. Some of them turn into singles, but I actually do albums. So I'm like, I don't want every song to sound like Go DJ or Back That back that ass up i don't want every song to sound like that but when you got a label that's going make me another one of them and i'm like i can't do that i'm i already done that and my creative space wants me to do something else and it's 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 killing me that somebody's wanting me to try to make the, the same song over and over and over again if you're listening to this, you're most likely subscribed to the Come Up Show podcast. But if you're not, we're available on all platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or many more. If you have an iPhone, iPad, Mac computer, I'd really love and appreciate your rating and review of the Come Up Show podcast. It'll make a huge difference in the visibility of the podcast, which means more listeners and securing high-quality guests. Be a part of the growth of the Come Up Show podcast and give your boy a five-star rating and review. This is one of the biggest things you could do for the Come Up Show and it only takes a second. Click the link in the description below. Rate and review the Come Up Show podcast. I truly appreciate it. And then so was it earlier this year that you and Baby reconciled? Is that, is yeah. that true? What brought you guys back together? I mean, 
really, I, I, my thing is, we still have um, business that's unresolved. Real talk. But he has kids. I have kids. Wayne have kids. I just think that there's no way in the world that our kids should not know each other and not be able to at least play and talk together and understand what we did. Like, you know, and I'm just like, I, I would hate to leave this earth, you know what I'm saying, without saying, like, dude, your kids don't even know my kids. They don't even know what what, what we done. Like, you know what I'm saying? They have no idea because they caught, you know, the end of it. They just know the disputes. They have no idea. And, and maybe if you teach that lesson, they'll do it right. Potentially being the next uh, generation next genera of cash yeah, money. Exactly. It's not fair to your kids to rob them of that legacy exactly. in history. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like being, as I told you, being a, f a fan of cash money for 12 years old, like we don't understand what is happening. Like, because um, maybe the last decade, if it wasn't for Lil Wayne, I don't know where cash money would be around. Yeah. Right? Him bringing on Young Money and Drake and Nicki Minaj and all that type of stuff. It's like, you know, uh, the Jordan brand not paying Michael Jordan. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Like, w like what's going on? Like, like why is this happening if Wayne is the guy that's bringing all the success? Because there's more than enough money to go around, right? I think, honestly, dude, it's business. You know, with, with him is, you know, just like I told you, um, I think he was just being a homeboy. With, with with everybody like you know what i'm saying how everybody approached this you think about it we all grew up together or whatever and it's going well i didn't pick up my pen and you know cross no t's and dot no i's mm. and 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 if i would have did it the right way you know what i'm saying from the get-go we wouldn't be at this problem right now so i'm just thinking that my perception of it is you know is is a it's not just him is a is a lesson for anybody that's involved in hip-hop anybody that's involved in business like don't do homeboy business do it the right way you know and if, if you really with me you'll allow me to get my attorneys and you know and make sure my money comes to me so we don't have no misunderstandings and, and all of that and we can grow old together and be friends and all of that so i think the, the first thing is we gotta learn as whatever you want to call it hip-hop artists to do business the right way Mm -hmm. We can't keep doing it on if I get mad with you, I'm going to diss you, I'm going to curse you out, you shoot me, I shoot you or whatever. Let's just go into it the right way from day one. Mm -hmm. And 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 all of that can be, I guess, result. You know, if, if you if you can't fix it, then you shouldn't be with that person. But I but I but what my feeling is this. Honestly, if Wayne gets what what, what is due to him, then maybe all will be forgiven. But. He deserves it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know the whole ins and outs of it, but I, I think like, yeah, you know, I, I would be telling you a lie. You know, I didn't say he had that label on his back. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. It's obvious to everybody. Yeah, Come it's on. obvious. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So The biggest artists, like Drake and Nicki Minaj yeah. are the biggest artists and in the world. I honestly yeah. think, you know, I think me being with, with my thing, I was a lot more mature like older mature or whatever and i still like i told you i look at wayne as an artist that got robbed out of his childhood because he grew up around grown men and he he um imitated what grown men did like you know what i'm saying it's called it's almost like the michael jackson syndrome yeah that's, that's like you know thinking. what i'm yeah. saying yeah. so him just lashing out and saying things is just him being a young person right now you know what i'm saying and 
do he mean it? I don't really know or whatever. But, yeah, if you was mad about something, you know, yeah, you would do that if you at that age. And you know what I'm saying? And you and you and you felt like, man, like I've done all of this and this is what I get. But I really think in my heart, like if he gets, you know, what it is that he's seeking and, 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 and all of that gets taken care of. Yeah, he he. We could get back to what we doing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and 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 that's what it is, and do it the right way. Like I I have no ill feelings towards nobody. Me and Wayne always talk. We we even talked when I wasn't there, when it was you know when it was going on, and and the crazy thing was what started. I guess all of this was you know we we did the Carter, and and you know and nobody was expecting that I was gonna do. I was gonna work on a Carter, and nobody even knew that was going on. So. It was, what do you it was mean? a great. You've been working on all the previous Little Wayne albums, no? Yeah, like, I, I did. Yeah. little songs here and there, but okay. this was the one that was more of this is what you know the fans want, the world want. They like, oh, you got a gang of songs from Manny, like you know what I'm saying. Now this this feels like you know what I'm saying, like that. That's this is what we want. So I kind of felt like we in a good space. We in a good place. Like, you know, this is what fans want. This is what the world want. You know, and even me and him, it was just something that kept, you know, that kept us from even doing this. Like, you know, it would be, a, you know, it, it would be a bad taste if he went against his record company to say, well, I'm going to bring in fresh. But we kind of put all of that aside and said, hey, bro, this is what we going to do. Mm-hmm. But I know Right now, like I said, at the end of the day, it's just business. But I understand him screaming out and where he at right now in life because you you know like you like like I said, he he's never been somebody who had a time where I could I could actually really go to a skate park and just enjoy myself, just me without being mobbed by thousands of people, thousands of people or whatever. Like right now, you like the biggest star in rap. So is where can you go? Like, you know what I'm saying? So you don't have that average life like anybody else. So yeah, you, you, you know, your, your thing's going to be a little bit different. So, and even me and him talking, I'm just like, you know, I even try to say like, hey, bro, I get your feelings, but handle it with the pen. You know, handle it in in, 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 a, in a courthouse setting because sometimes you might say something that you can't take back. And that's that's both ways. And that's where hip-hop is. You know, like, a lot of times what screw us up is we might go way too far and make it unrepairable. You know what I'm saying? By all means, get your money. Get your money. You know, but a lot of times it's more of, I don't really have nothing to say about you. I'm going to see you in court. Mm-hmm. So what we can learn from this, what hip-hop can learn from this is... Put it on paper because it actually protects your relationship. Yeah. But nobody ever saw this going to where it's at in terms of like you. Nobody foresaw how successful you were gonna be, right? Yeah. Like you didn't think that I don't know what Cash Money just sold five hundred million records or something well, like that. I think what yeah. Cash Money brought to rap was get your money. We just didn't do the business right because before Cash Money deal, rappers wasn't wasn't thinking about retiring with money and rappers wasn't getting the kind of money where it's like, okay, dude, you, you actually own your house and you got like a couple of cars. Like it was just more of, this is a hobby. Like ain't nobody really making that kind of money where, okay, you own some property and you actually do have a couple of million in the bank. So I think the, 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 the gift part was cash money actually shined the light on a lot of artists that, that, it is money in this. We we letting them rob us of our money. 
you know, I think we was the first label to come along to say, like, oh, well, we control our own thing. Like, we just got a distribution deal. We, we got the rights to our music. We got the rights to our imaging, all of that. The only thing, you know, and, and to this day, the only thing Universal do is put cash money records out. Like, you know what I'm saying? And whatever they make is, you know, they little fee or whatever, but it's totally controlled by cash money. And that was the imprint of saying like, oh, well, we've been like for a lot of Southern artists, like we've been getting robbed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, I got to really renegotiate my contract because I know what I'm worth now. But the, the but but the problem is now, like I told you, it's like a bling fest all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm just the, that's the curse part of it. The gift was, like I said, yeah, I taught you how to get the money, but I didn't think that that's that's the only thing that we was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like my my own. I just got this funny thing that, that you know, I, I like to say new rappers right now have a, a rap kit. And what I mean is, like, everybody dress alike. Everybody got the same outfit. Everybody got the same long T-shirt on. Everybody got the same little chain, the same little look, do the same little dance. And I'm like, so you got to have the rap kit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So The, the dad hats. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's nothing different. And, and no, you know, like like I said, no disrespect to none of them, but it's, it's just like nobody dares to go left. I think that's what's, you know, that's what's missing in it. And the people who do go left will win eventually. Yeah, yeah. And 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 what's what's crazy, um, statistically, the people that go left are winning, and 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 it's nuts that nobody can't see that. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying like the fans. I mean like the guys that actually do this, like the 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 A and R's, the radio stations, and all of that. You know, you take the Chance the Rapper, you take the um J Cole, Kendrick Lamar. To me, that's artists that go left. But that's the that's the ones that's doing the numbers and the tours and the 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 big things or whatever. But you know, um, a label rather concentrate on hey, make a song just like Future. It's only one Future, like you know what I'm saying. And I'm like, well, what if that's not what I want to do? And you know, and but it's gonna keep on getting pushed on you. No, but we need something like Future. You know, and I'm just like, nah, that's not really what I what I do. I'm like, that's him, that's his thing. But if somebody keeps telling you we need something like future, before you knew it, before you know it, you you going, okay, I'm gonna do something like future. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, you just killed somebody's creativity and their vision of what they thought like they wanted to do. Hmm. Uh, so uh, we're wrapping up shortly, uh, but. Looking back, because when I watched like the music videos of like Get Your Roll On and all that type of stuff, what are the things that you guys like purchased or what was the most ridiculous like music video? <laughs> when you look back, I'm like, we were really on that? Um, <laughs> I would probably say Get Your Roll On, dude. Yeah. We, 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 um, what was the story behind Get Your Roll went On? Went crazy. Yeah. Well, the, the, the whole way it happened, even a lot of the Cash Money songs was whenever we was on tour, we would try new things, and we used to always say, like, get your roll on. And and, and it was kind of, we had this subliminal thing that we would do to you before we put a song out. What do you like, mean? So say, like, we would do, it would be something the, the previous year before get your roll on came out. But whenever the hook came out, whenever the hook came, say, like, if we was doing, let me think of something that came out before get your roll on, um, a song, for instance, Mm-hmm. Um, like we had this song Loud Pipes or whatever, or, uh, 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 you know, but whenever the hook came on, when the hook of the song came on and we was doing concerts, 
we would turn the music down and say, everybody get your roll on. Everybody get your every get your roll on. What? And we would do it repetitively. But we, what we was doing was conditioning you for get your roll on. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was just like going, oh, but if we get you used to this, by the time you hear it, you're going to you're going to you already going to be like, I it sounds heard it. familiar. It sounds familiar. Wow. So a lot of the songs were already being conditioned in a way where, you know, we did the hook prior to when we put the song out. You know, if we like, oh, we got a tour, we doing 60 dates. So we need to start singing Project Chick right now. But we ain't going to do it in a way where we going to bore the crowd, where we going to sing the song and you don't know the song. We just going to hit you with the hook while the music is playing and you don't even get it. But subliminally, you you remember it. Like, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, it, it would be something bling bling will be playing. But when one of the hooks come up, we going, Project Chick, give me a hood rat chick. And you just know, like, we did it. Then the music came back on. And by the time that song came out, it was just something that was already programmed. Yo, that's genius. Yasin Bey, formerly known as Mostef. Yes. This is like, I don't know if this is happening anymore or not, but yes, like, you would happen. never think that <laughs> Yasin Bey and Manny Fresh together. Both of us are fans of what we do. Like, you know, I'm a fan of him. He's a fan of me. And I'm just like, dude, this is incredible. Like, you know, and like you said, the world never thought like we could get together and do this. Like they was just like, wow, Manny Fresh is doing an album with most deaf. And, you know, most just kind of got into a whole bunch of stuff. And I respect his schedule as well, because most is so many things. He's an artist. You know what I'm saying? He's an actor. Everything that, you know, this dude do and, and, and what he do, he, you know, he do it to the fullest. So but um, the crazy thing is I get calls from most at the oddest times. It'll be four o'clock in the morning and it's like, hey, bro, we got to finish that album. And I'm like, where are you? South of France. But I'll be back in two months. And I'm like, well, what, what? he was like, man, I was doing an interview and they brung it up. And I'm like, well, dude, I mean, everywhere I go, this keep coming up. And um, the pressure is on. Yeah, and, and 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 the cool thing is, I actually have the songs, but I'd rather do it the right way. I think that we need to revamp some of them and do it, you know. But I'm not gonna do it without him in person. Yeah, yeah. No emailing. Yeah, no yeah. emailing. None of that. I'm like, dude, I'm not going. And, and you know, and it's been times where I guess he got frustrated with people asking him, and he was like, man, just put it out. And I'm like, nah, dude. I'm like, we're not gonna do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so what? Are, uh, what are you working now? Because I saw a video on your fan page uh, with a band called Flow Tribe. That yeah, is like, that's totally band. different. Yeah, in yeah. New Orleans, that's a funk band. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of their songs or whatever. Just, just giving back to New Orleans dude um if you if you listen to bounce music and you know Big Frida um I did a project with Big Frida um Maroon 5 I'm doing a couple of Maroon country five? songs Maroon 5 yeah whoa I'm doing a couple of country songs as well like a little bit of everything all over the board hmm that's amazing uh so wrapping up uh Manny Fresh if I had to tell you that uh if you had to tell me the top 5 records that you produced Wow <laughs> top 5 I could probably They don't tell have to be in order just as two top. because you got to yeah. give me room cuz three of them I probably haven't done yet What do you mean I haven't done them yet like they you know cuz I still know it's room for me to do something that's like man like I feel super good about that mm-hmm. I don't think the my whole concept of the way I do music is you know how like take it if you do something good and you feel like you'll never do another one of them again that's not the way i feel like i always feel like i can do something better than that 
So I feel like if if I had to tell you my top five, I ha- I haven't that means done. You're done. I have like, yeah, you're I'm finished. done. Yeah, I'm finished. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't reached that point where I'm like these are my top five songs or whatever. What about top five until this point? <laughs> um, wow, I could probably say by all means number one would be back that ass up like you know what i'm saying like you could play that anywhere at a funeral the dead will get up like you know you could play that anywhere um second probably go dj like and 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 a lot of people didn't know that it was a remake it was a beat that i did way before wayne even came to cash money it was like something that i had did and he remembered and he wanted to do it over and it was it was just club mix thing that I used to play when I was DJing. And he was like, man, I remember when, you know, he was like, you did that song, go DJ, that's my DJ. And But um, his version would probably be that, like, one of them. Because um, what was weird about the song, let me explain it, that it, it had nothing to do with DJs. I just thought that was kind of crazy. The hook was go DJ, that's my DJ, but none of his lyrics had nothing to do with DJs. He was just rapping. And it was just, the raps were so kind of cool. I was just like, well, leave it alone. I'm like, it's kind of dope. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's what drew me to to like the song. Because mm-hmm. I was like, dude, you, you didn't make no references to what DJs do. But I'm like, but but it's hard. <laughs> um, Third would probably be, um, wow, that's, that's tough. Um... BG Cash Money is an army, mm. like you know what I'm saying. I love Cash that beat. Cash Money's an army, better yet, a yeah. baby. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that beat. Like you know what I'm saying, because it's kind of it's simple, but it's 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 raw to me. Um, wow, what would be four man? Four hundred degrees, four hundred degrees by all means. Like I think that track is so hard. Like you know what I'm saying, the whole vocoder thing and all of that, and it was done on like the very cheesiest equipment but it came out super cool Hmm. um so i think yeah 400 degrees um it's this other song unlv drag them from the river but juvie used it for um what was the song he did set it off that was an old song that i did um on this group called unlv and juvie he was like that's one of my favorite beats that you ever done so i I didn't revise it i just gave him the instrumental to it and he did the song set it off on it but but the original song is called drag him from the river Mm -hmm. and it was this group this and this other group but the beat was so hard well there was this and mystical at the time because cash money and mystical had beef early on before anybody even knew who mystical was and you know and who cash money was Hmm. So, uh, uh, Manny, first of all, I just want to thank you for your time. I want to know what is inspiring you today Man, in, in life. Um, dude, just what music do, what, what, when ever like me DJing and let's just say th- my set start and I see a different variety of people, that's inspirational to me. Like when I see like, okay, man, is every, everything that you can, like white kids black kids any any anywhere where you come from or whatever just in one like groove on a dance floor that's inspirational to me to say like man this is actually what this do this is the meaning of it the meaning of it is to bring people together and 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 you escape life for a little bit to have some fun Mm -hmm. and and that right there makes me feel good that 
I did something that brings people together in unity and you forget like everything that you know what I'm saying that you've been taught uh, or somebody some negative idea that somebody put in your head to say like wow we can get together one nation under a groove and have fun because music is universal yeah music is and you're definitely gonna see that tonight in Toronto because uh, Toronto as we say is the world in one city yeah multicultural man and I love it when it's like that and I, it's crazy to me that Manny Fresh Manny Fresh fan base is that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's weird, but it's also super good to me because I'm just like, wow. It's times um, where I show up somewhere and I'm the only black person there. I'm the DJ, but the whole... And I'm just like, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And and I, and I don't mean it in a weird way. It's just that I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that... Like, these kids came out. Like, these suburbia kids came out, and they like, dude, we're a fan of what you do. Mm-hmm. And they just like, we know the lyrics to every song, and they holding on to everything that you play. And you like, and you really see what, what, what music do. Like, you know what I'm saying? It brings everybody together. The power of music. Yeah, And what, exactly. is, what does music mean to you, Manny Fresh? Music is life to me, man. Like, without music, like, you know, I don't, you, you're not going to exist. Like, it's that one thing. Everybody got that one thing. When people say, like, what is the one thing that you can't live without? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's my one thing that I can't live without. I got to wake up around it. I got to go to sleep to it, you know. And it's so many different genres of music. When you actually open your ears to, you know, I get it if you're a hip hop baby love hip-hop but even try some other things you know try reggae uh, you you're gonna find something in there you're gonna like try classical music you're gonna find something in there that you, that you're gonna like even if you listen to pop you're gonna find something and don't be a scared don't be scared to explore music and, and you know you'll see like you'll hear something that's gonna be life-changing all the time in music mm-hmm. That's what uh, the Greg Philan Gaines that I was telling you, that was Michael Jackson's uh, keyboardist, he was saying, uh, broaden your horizons, listen to gospel, listen to rock, because there's something you can learn from there that you can apply to your own thing. Exactly, dude. On your worst day, music is the one thing that's free that will set you straight, that'll put you in a good mood, and it's free. It costs you nothing to put on some headphones and listen to your favorite song to get in a good place. Church, uh, Manny Fresh, what do you want to leave our audience with, especially creatives who are listening to this right now who are on the come up? What do you want to say to them? Um, Keep striving for it. To me, success is believing in yourself. If you believe in yourself and nobody can't, you know, change that thought, then you're already successful. It's not about what you make or where you're going. I know we used to always say that all the time, but if you believe in you before anybody, then you're already successful. Yo, what did you think of my interview with Manny Fresh on the Come Up Show? Please leave a five-star rating and a review. If you haven't already, if you're new to the Come Up Show podcast, subscribe right now. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We release a brand new conversation each and every Wednesday. My name is Chetto. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you on next Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>